Welcome back to the program, Virginia. Your friendly, friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming back at you live here on Virginia's big dog radio program, The Really Real Deal. And folks, uh, as promised, we have a very special guest uh, with us and uh, talk about The Really Real Deal. Uh, You know, for many, many years, folks, uh, I've been uh, mentioning and championing uh, Christians all around the world for all of the things we have to do. Uh, just to be Christians, as as it was written, uh, where Jesus said we would be hated for his name's sake because he was hated. And, folks, this has been going on, and uh, a lot of times it um, does not make you 6 o'clock news, okay? But the gentleman that we have is our very special guest, uh, Mr. Todd Nettleton. He makes it his business on a daily basis because uh, Mr. Nettleton is host of Voice of America's uh, radio, and uh, he's also chief of media relations and message integration. And uh, we want to say welcome and thank you so much, sir, for uh, uh, coming here to our humble little radio program. Well, thank you very much for having me, and thank you for letting me talk about Voice of the Martyrs and our work with persecuted Christians. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and you following in some very, very uh, big shoes, aren't you? Uh, Pastor <laughs> Wormbrand and, and his wife, uh, you know, he was called uh, Voice of the Underground Church, and uh, some folks even called him the Iron Curtain St. Paul. <laughs> He was an amazing man. His wife, Sabina, was uh, only about five foot three, but she was a giant of the faith. And you're absolutely right. We walk in very big shoes uh, because of his legacy. Pastor Wormbrand, for those who maybe don't know about him, was a pastor in communist Romania, actually was a pastor even when the Nazis were dominating Romania before the communists mm-hmm. took over, was involved in ministry, Uh, Because of his Christian work, the communists put him in prison for 14 years. He was two different times, one time eight years, one time six years. Mm -hmm. Three of those years in a solitary confinement cell 30 feet below ground level. So for three years, he was in a cell. The guards literally wore pads on their feet, so you couldn't hear the guards walking around. It was just him and God in a solitary cell for three years, and it was actually in that cell that uh, sort of the vision for the voice of the martyrs was birthed in his heart an organization that would help people like him people who were persecuted for their Mm -hmm. faith in christ he came out of romania actually was ransomed out of romania by christians in the west before he left the secret police took him aside and said pastor Rembrandt, you're going to the west you can preach all you want you can talk about god all you want congratulations but don't talk about what we did to you. Don't talk about the torture. Don't talk about the suffering. Pastor Wormbrand came to the West and did exactly what they told him not to do, began to share, mm-hmm. you know, the stories of that solitary cell, the stories of the torture chamber, the stories of the beatings. And more than just saying, well, this happened to me, he was saying, there are still Christians and pastors in those communist prisons. Mm-hmm. And American Christians like you and me, we said, well, hey, we want to help them. How do we do that? That's why the Voice of the Martyrs was founded, was really to be a bridge between the church here in the United States and the church in hostile and restricted nations. Yeah, yeah. And here now, uh, this year is marking uh, 50 years of uh, Voice of the Martyrs from the very first issue. 
Yeah. This October will be the 50th anniversary of the first VOM newsletter that Pastor Richard and Sabina sent out. We are still sending out a free monthly newsletter every month. Anybody who wants it can go to persecution.com and just click on the link and say, hey, I want to hear about what's happening with our brothers and sisters around the world. Yes. Like I say, we still send out that monthly newsletter every month for free to anybody who asks us for it. Yeah, and Mrs. Hatchett and I, we get ours uh, every month. Good. And so, yeah, you <laughs> you folks, you get it. And, um, you know, this uh, we, we know from history, uh, Mr. Nettleton, that Christians dominated the Middle East. I mean, even— you know, before Muhammad was even heard of 1,400 years ago. And so this this Christian persecution is not new. And, uh, and it took 450 years of uh, Muslim persecution and killing uh, before Christians responded. Uh, what, wh- why does it take so long for Christians? What is it about the Christian DNA where we just we are able to just suffer rather than respond and defend ourselves. You know, I think that's that's a hard question to answer, especially for someone like me who is a comfortable, unpersecuted American Christian. Um, but I think it goes back to what you talked about in the intro that that this is exactly what Jesus said was going to happen from the time that Christ was on the earth he was preparing his followers to face persecution. You know, he said, Mm -hmm. the world hates me. If you follow me, the world's going to hate you. He said, I send you out as lambs among wolves. Well, what happens to lambs when they walk out among wolves? Mm -hmm. Uh, They get eaten. And so I I think that's a part of the answer to that question is just, listen, Jesus laid the foundation for us. He told us exactly what was going to happen. And so we have that ability to prepare ourselves. The other thing, though, I, I think that I would be remiss not to mention is just the empowering of God. Uh, I have a guest this week on our podcast, on our VOM Radio podcast, that is a Christian active in the Middle East, and he's been detained by the secret police, and he's been interrogated, and they've asked him, you know, why are you preaching the Bible? Why are you giving Bibles to people? And I said, you know, how do, you, know, how do you deal with that? And he said, well, I'm terrified. And, and I just said, well, thank you for saying that, mm-hmm. because I think I would be terrified too. But he said, you, you can't let that being terrified stop you. And he said, God opens doors for opportunities. He said, when the police asked me, you know, what are you telling people? He said, that's a wide open door. I get to share the gospel with the policeman. So I'm excited about that. Mm-hmm. And so he said, even though I'm terrified, God is there. God is working. He's opening doors. And I think Christians throughout history have seen that. Mm-hmm. As there is persecution, as there is hardship, that is also a doorway for ministry. Now, it's not an easy doorway to go through. Yeah, uh, but, but it, he's it following an example, isn't it? He's following the he, example of the apostles. Absolutely. And, yes. uh, you know, I think of the words of Tertullian, the, the famous church father, who said the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. And that really is true. We see persecution— but we also see the church growing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you even have uh, one of your own staff members, Petra Jasek. Uh, you want to share his story? I would love to. Peter Jasek is uh, one of our staff members. He was the regional director over the continent of Africa for VOM. He went to Sudan in December of 2015, uh, was in Khartoum. He met with several pastors. He was there kind of evaluating 
how can VOM help the church in Sudan? What do they need from us? How can we stand alongside them? Well, it turned out the uh, secret police in Sudan had been following him the entire four days that he was there. They had photographed every meeting he had had, every restaurant he had gone to. And so he went to the airport on December 10th thinking he was going to fly home, uh, got his boarding pass, checked in, and uh, turned away from the ticket counter. And there was a secret police guy tapped him on the shoulder and said, hey, why don't you come with me? Peter just thought, hey, this is an extra security screening, no big deal. Then they pulled out the pictures of every person he had met with and everything he had done during four days there, and he thought, uh-oh, <laughs> this is not going to go well. Mm-hmm. He ended up being 14 months in a Sudanese prison, was put on trial for espionage, actually in January was found guilty of espionage and sentenced to life in prison, uh, which in Sudan means 20 years. But thankfully, through the work of the Czech government and through others, Uh, intervening on his behalf. He was released Mm -hmm. in February. Uh, Had an amazing story. This this is the thing. I went in March to Prague, where Peter lives, and interviewed him about his time in prison. The the thing that most sort of took my breath away is he came to the point where he stopped praying to be released from prison. Uh, And I just, when he said that, I said, wait a minute, Okay, I can't even imagine that I'm in prison and I'm not praying to get out. <laughs> yes. So, so tell me, how did you get there? And he said, well, the Lord was working. And he said the Lord gave him opportunities to share his faith. He had the chance to lead some fellow prisoners to Christ. He saw God at work. And so he came to the point of saying, okay, Lord, as long as you have work for me to do here in prison, I am mm. willing to stay. I will stop asking to get out. I will just look for the opportunities that you're putting in front of me. Mm. I just thought, what an amazing testimony. Because like I say, I cannot imagine that I'm sleeping tonight in prison and I'm not praying, Lord, please get me out of prison. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, folks, this is dangerous stuff. Doing the Lord's work is, is, is hard work. Well, and one of the things that amazes me is it is such an act of courage, like from Iran or another Muslim country, to call a satellite broadcast and sometimes they call live while they're on the air. They talk to them while they're on the air. They say, I used to be a Muslim, but now I follow Jesus Christ. Well, in Islamic mm-hmm. theology, that makes you an apostate who should be killed. Yes. So they are calling on, on live television, on national TV, saying, I've committed, in their mind, in their country, mm-hmm. I've committed this crime. I'm guilty. I'm following Jesus Christ now. It's an amazing act of courage yes. just to make that phone call and say, I am a follower of Jesus Christ. Yes, yes. Uh, a, a famous, uh, I can't remember who this person was, but he has written that were it not for the law of apostasy, uh, death penalty for leaving Islam, that Islam will would have died out many, many years ago. Uh, it's so anti-freedom, and Christianity is so, uh, you know, where the spirit of the Lord is, there also is freedom right out of the word of God. (laughs) Amen. Yeah. So, but anyway, look, it's been great having you. Um, And we are right up at the top of the hour news break here. And, uh, but please one more time share uh, with our audience uh, how uh, you all can be uh, reached and, and, and folks out there, I'm just going to pray that the Lord put something on your heart to do something to help our Christian brothers around the world. 
Our website is persecution.com, persecution.com, and right okay. on the front page, there's a link to sign up for that free monthly newsletter. Okay. God bless you, sir. Thank you. Have a good day. Thank you. Bye now. Well, all right, folks, we're at our top of the hour news break. We will be right back. <laughs> 